Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today for our Kingdom Conversation. My name is Ross Harris, and I'm joined by someone who has been a referee for almost 25 years, 20 of those at the collegiate level. He is also a math teacher helping kids transition into the workforce after receiving their diplomas. He's here to talk with us about something that we are honestly not overly informed about as a sports show, what the game looks like from the ref's perspective. His name is Nick Marshall, and we are very grateful to have him on our show. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you having me, Ross. So, Nick, you've refereed at multiple levels, most notably at the collegiate level. So tell us tell us about the different levels you've worked at and kind of like what the main differences are between the two. Yeah, so when I first got started, um, I was in college, and, you know, my playing days were over. I had a couple knee injuries, and I just didn't want to, you know, further. I just ready to get my education and work in the sports industry. He has a sports management degree at first. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to make some extra money. So I started in a referee intramural basketball games. And, you know, I kind of was like, man, this is a, this is a good way to stay kind of in the action and, and make a little extra, you know, chump change, you know, give me some food and some groceries. And you have the uh, best while, seats in the house probably. when you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And so, um, you know, I did that, and and I can't remember the guy's name, but one of our guys who assigned um, the games at the school, um, he said, "Hey, have you ever thought about doing some high school basketball? You're you're pretty good at this." And so, I said, "No, I haven't." So he gave me some information to get you know certified through Kansas uh, Athletic Association through Kesha, and so then I went and picked up some, started working some junior high games, and got some JV games, and then another guy was like, "Hey." we got this college camp. We think you should probably try to try out. So I work women's basketball. Now I work women's college basketball, but I went to my first camp on the men's side. Okay. And a guy named John Blazik, who just retired from uh, a signing and he worked many years at the division one level on the men's side. And, and, and he uh, was also a, uh, a signer for the Jayhawk conference, the junior college conference here in Kansas. And he pulled me aside. He says, Hey, I know you want to work on the men's side, but, I think you'll be a really good fit for the women's side, you know, and I could give you games now. And so I was like, Hey, I just want to work, you know? So that's kind of how I got on the women's side. I just never looked back. And, uh, you know, I had my, it's kind of rare, but I had my first collegiate junior college game before I had my first high school varsity game. Oh, weird. So Yeah. It doesn't really happen like that, but that's kind of how it worked out. And then I worked maybe two or three more years of high school. Then I got out and just was strictly college after that. Excellent. So can you tell us, what's the most basic definition of the job of referee? What, what do they do at a most basic level? Um, you know, the main thing is, is, is you know, your physical fitness. You know, everybody kind of knows what a travel is. You know, everybody kind of knows what a double dribble is. And for the most part, everybody knows what a foul is, you know. But as you get, you know, as you know, high school is kind of clear cut. Junior high, clear cut. You know, when you get to the collegiate level, you gotta you got to really understand what's going on before a play happens it's kind of like you're thinking the game as you're refereeing the game you kind of know how to know you know who's their best scores are they setting screens are the screens legal you know things of that nature so it's kind of more detailed because you know as you know nowadays there's there's ten thousand different angles that you see on tv yeah. when we got one shot to get it right <laughs> right and we want to be in the best position uh be in the best shape to get in position uh to see play so you know, it's a, it's a tough job. You know, when I first started, you know, we weren't scrutinized back 25 years ago, 20 years ago, as it is now with the technology and everything. So right. um, with everything with that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process, you know, we, 
we study daily, you know, even though it's in the off season, we're always physical fitness in the rule book. We get plays, we get clips, you know, we have tests, we have quizzes. So it's a year round process. It's not like, you know, some people think maybe we roll out of bed that day. And <laughs> referee when we, we got to put in a lot of work before we even step on the floor. So my background is almost exclusively soccer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm third generation soccer player, spent most of my life playing, coaching, and running a team as well. Um, one of the greatest soccer referees of all time, an Italian, Pierre Luigi Colina, he would always talk about how he would spend days studying the games that he was going to officiate in the future, learning the players' names, learning their habits, learning their disciplinary record. Um, you were talking about when you talk about have to, having to be in the right position to make a call. Are those the kinds of things you and your fellow officials are studying in advance? Yeah, we do. You know, with like I said, with technology, we can see games of almost every every team. You know, in the conference that you work in, and so you know, you want to you want to know habits, you want to know uh, tendencies of players, and and you know things that they run. Who's their best player? Who's the best defender? Who's the best rebounder? So you know, it kind of it kind of helps us out to where we know what we're looking for. It's not like you're going out head hunting and pre assuming whatever, but you kind of know what to expect, and you know, um, you want to make sure that. You know, you you officiate according to what you know styles that they're playing and making sure that you're calling correct calls on everything. Right. So, I've been a player and a coach most of my life. I've been a parent as well. My son is ten. I've I've coached his teams. I've been just a parent in the stands watching as well. I've had many tussles myself with referees at each of those <laughs> levels, except for as a parent. As a parent, I never get involved with right. conversation with referees. That's not my part. I'm just there to tell my kid to do well. Um, what is the difference in dealing with a coach, dealing with a player, and even dealing with parents? And which of those is most difficult? You know, to be honest, I tell people, and you know, my daughter now is a freshman at a junior college, but even though when she was in, you know, AAU ball and high school ball, I'd never sat next to the parents because, you know, they know I was a ref and it seemed like every call that they didn't like, they would turn and look at me. And, <laughs> and so I used to sit way away from them. They turn and say, I, survey yeah. says. <laughs> so I will say, I, I, I personally think, you know, there's a shortage of referees and I, and I do believe it's because, you know, a lot of these young kids, they have to deal with little league games, whether mm. it be softball, baseball, basketball. They have a tough job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think I could go back and referee some little kid games because you know parents are brutal. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you know when they pay their entry fees to <laughs> have their kids play for their AU program, they're entitled to. They feel like they're entitled sometimes yeah. to and say you know whatever they want. Um, <clears throat> you know, at the collegiate level, you know we we have to deal with some players, but for the most part. Um, coaches deal with those players. Coaches don't put up with a lot of that stuff um, from parents. I mean, from uh, players. And um, so, you know, for the most part, we don't really have um, to deal with the players as much as we, you know, as, as far as, you know, the parents on the little league side, but, you know, we, we have some issues that we have to address in, at the collegiate level, but for the most part, the, the coaches take care of the players. I'm hoping, you know, when we, if we can ever do a future interview with you, that we can get more into some of those issues you have mm-hmm. to go into. But mm-hmm. what do you wish each of those different categories, coach, player, parent, what do you wish they knew about your job and what you're trying to do on the court each day? You know, it's, I think, you know, when we miss plays, we don't miss them on purpose. Right. Um, I think we, we try to be 100%. You know, we really do. Mm-hmm. We try to be 100%. Um, especially at the collegiate, you know, professional level and things of that nature, you know, 
sometimes you know where where we get the backlash is at AAU tournaments where somebody's out there just trying to you know make a buck or two and, right you know, they don't hustle and but you know it's a lot on their plate sometimes they're running six seven eight games in a row and i don't know how they do it right uh, but you know the one thing I, I i think people don't know is we really try to do everything we can to get the play right and you know sometimes it's it's uh it's tight it's tough it's fast it's quick and we know we got a split decision to make and we got to make it and sometimes we miss you know miss some calls but you know it's always been said with us that you know we got to be almost like god <laughs> the last two of a basketball game you know because yeah. that's what that's what everything counts everything everything matters and you know that's the most things that you see on tv is the last two minutes of a ball game um, you know, you can miss the same call in the first two minutes of the ball game, but if you miss it in the last minute of the ball game, same call is kind of magnified. So, you know, we really try to make sure we get in position, get every call right, and we try to do our best we can. Right, and there, I think what a lot of people, I'm teaching my my son is, we're huge Chiefs fans. I mean, we live here in Kansas City. One thing I'm trying to teach my son as we watch the game is we can't be fan-sided watching the game like it's they either like they either committed the penalty or they did not and we right. can't just say the chiefs didn't do it because it's our team right. um and i think i think getting our especially as a parent i'm trying to make sure that and as a coach that my players understand that just because we don't like what happened it doesn't mean the ref missed it or that right. what is a foul against us yep yep that's good that's good that you do that it takes some self-teaching on my for myself too, Nick. I have to remind myself often on that one. But I wanted to get into, we've talked about how after every single play and every single whistle, we have super slow motion, 4K, high-definition replays of every single ticky-tack moment that happens that you have to make a split-second decision on in real time with some of the greatest athletes the world has ever seen. And we see these things can happen and we're stuffing cheese sticks and pizza rolls into our mouths sitting on our couch saying, I can't believe that guy missed that call. What's you thinking? Are, are refs, like you were talking about, refs are viewed like they're supposed to get things right like God does. And, but do, do refs have too much to keep their eyes on sometimes during games? And what should we as fans remember when we're watching a game and scrutinizing the refs? I don't think we have too much. We just got to know what we're looking for. You know, there's, there's, you know, in, in basketball, there's three referees for a reason. Each mm. referee has a responsibility according to where the ball is and where players are and mm. things of that nature. Same thing with football. You know, each referee has a, has a responsibility, you know, pre-snap and they have a, you know, responsibility as the play goes. The same thing with basketball. So I don't think it's too much. I, I think, you know, as, as you get up in the levels, you just have to make sure you get off of one thing quicker and get onto another thing faster. Um, you kind of have to, you know, multitask and see two or three different spots at one time. Um, but you know, that just comes with the territory that comes with seeing plays seeing snaps and, and football. Um, but I don't think it's too much. Okay. I just think you just got to know what you're looking for according to how, how the play is going. And kind of like a, when I'm playing on a team, I have to trust my teammates to do their job. I can't overcover right. and over pursue. So like you guys as referees, you probably have to trust each other to do their job. Exactly. So you're not looking for things you're not supposed exactly. to be looking for. Yep. That's exactly right. You know, you know, the, the thing that we talk about in, uh, in officiating is owning your third, you know, mm. there's three referees and we each have a responsibility, you know, owning your third. And then obviously, you know, your third may take you into somebody else's area, but you want to make sure that they own theirs. And, and you, you, you know, there's help calls where sometimes you have to know 
um, one of my partners didn't see that and I had a great look at it and I may come late with the whistle mm. um, as opposed to, you know, being first crack at it, you know, being the furthest away. Because sometimes the furthest away sometimes has the best view. Right. And, you know, just like you sitting on your couch, you know, looking at a big screen TV from far away, sometimes you have the best look at a play. Yeah. And it's kind of like that on the, on, the, on the court, you know, sometimes. Is there ever a temptation to kind of big dog it or be like the alpha male like why are you making the call why are you stepping on my toes when i was the nearest referee is there ever like a do you guys ever battle a temptation like that no not really i mean for the most part you know we all work as a team um you know it, especially in football you know when i did some football some college football if it was my key you know i was a deep wing if it was my wide receiver somebody threw a flag you know i would run over and just say hey what did you have mm. No, and maybe he had an inside look that I had an outside look that he said, you know, Nate, I had this. Or if it was something that I saw as him, you know, as as well, I would say, hey, I'm gonna take you off of this one. I had a really good look at this one. Um, I'm gonna take you off of this. You know, same thing with basketball. We don't, you know, we'll talk about, hey, what did you see on that play? And then, you know, we kind of just move on from there. Do you think most referees as a whole just want to get the game right? Just want to oh, call absolutely. a good game? Absolutely. Yeah. Our main thing is we want to be consistent mm. and we want to be uh, as, as you know, sharp pinpoint as possible. You know, the, the, the greatest quote they usually say is if they didn't notice us, that was a great game. Amen to that. That was, perfect, that was a perfect game. If they don't notice us and we get out of there and, you know, you know, that's, that's a great game. Yeah. Some of the best referees I remember as a player were the ones that I never knew the name of name yeah, of. Exactly. That's what you want <laughs> at the end of the day. That's excellent. Um, have you ever had to eject a player, coach, or even a parent from a game before? Or did you ever? Um, okay, go ahead. You can finish that question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it was it was way back when I did some youth basketball. I had a, at an AU game, mm. you know, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we, had to, we had to remove a, a parent. Mm. Uh, but other than that, no. I've only given one, two, maybe technical fouls in my whole career. Wow. You know, the one thing I like to do is I like to talk. Mm. You know, I, you know, if you talk to me as a grown up, we, we're good. Right. You know, we're, and then, you know, sometimes, and, and I think people think sometimes when you, when you either throw a foul, a flag, or you call a technical foul, it's not personal. It's right. just the coach stepped out of line, just like a player made a foul. Mm-hmm. We had to blow a whistle. Coach did the same thing. So it's not personal. It's just, hey, you've, you've kind of crossed your boundary. Let's, let's reel it back. And sometimes a technical foul would do that. It's nothing personal when you, when you call a technical foul. It's just calm and you just call it and, you know, talk to the coach and we kind of move on is it tough in very and is it tough in tight moments to separate just awful and terrible things coaches or players have said from you from making the right call even though it's in favor of that team no i mean you you got to take emotion out of it yeah um yeah you really do you know and sometimes it's tough you know you got to take emotions out of it but at the end of the day like i said you want to be in position to make the correct call uh, at the, you know, anytime during the game, but yeah. you know, things get, things get tough and tight and you just got to use your judgment, your best judgment. And, you know, with all the things that you've been trained and, you know, uh, on and off the court to get yourself prepared for that game, you want to make sure that you do everything you can just to make, to get the call right at the end of the day, get the call right. Right. And so have you ever gone back and watched a replay of one of the games you've officiated and, all the time. and they never go back and think, think like, Man, dang, they were right. I did miss that call. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, we've even looked at plays, a controversial play in the yeah. first half. Sometimes we'll see it and, you know, 
I'll tell the coach, hey, you were you were correct on that play. I, I you know, we missed that one. And but you can't, you know, you only want to say it one time. You right. don't want to be saying throughout <laughs> yeah. the game. But yeah, you know, there's sometimes where I, I've told the coach, yeah, you were you were correct. I, that that play should have went this way, or you know, this should have happened. And they re- a lot of times they respect you for acknowledging that. Mm. Like I said, you can't do that multiple times. That you may get one time with that coach yeah. that to do that. But yeah. That makes a lot of sense because we talk about how as players, we're always told we need to have short memories. And I assume that goes true for referees as well. Exactly. You can't let a, because, you know, if, if you let a play uh, snowball in the other, and then then now you've had a decent game and now you've snowballed into a bad game. So you just kind of got to throw it out of your head because then you're putting your other crew, you know, crew members at risk as well. Right. So if not only, you know, we talked about owning your third, if you're not focused on owning your third, it could really screw up a crew. Yeah. So you kind of got to have a short-term memory like a player, just move on to the next play. It's it's amazing how much these professions overlap in some of the quality mm-hmm. and character characteristics you need to do it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I had a question. So when you do tell a, a coach or a player like, Hey, you, that call should have gone the other way. This is something I've always wondered as a player and as a coach, are makeup calls real things and do they happen consciously or subconsciously? No, I don't think makeup calls, you know, are a thing. Um, I think if you have a 50, 50 play where it can go either way, um, you kind of put that play that you've had previous in your, in your, in your memory bank to where that play that I got wrong, I know I should have did it this way, and mm. you may um, call it that way. But I don't, I don't, I don't. There's nothing that is a makeup call per se. Gotcha. Like I said, at the end of the day, you want to get the play mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you kind of have to have a like the law is blind kind of mindset mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. And man, I, <laughs> I, I gain respect more for like great referees. Like I think of Gene Steratour at mm-hmm. Hockey League and some of the mm-hmm. soccer reps I know of, like. Kalina, they're just the way that they always had the respect and command of the players and the coaches and the building. Like you knew that they were there and they knew their stuff. Yep. Yep. You got to be a salesman out there. You go, you yeah. want to be a great communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think communication goes a long way with, with coaches, players, you know, if you can talk to your captains and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they can help, you know, rein a team in, Yeah. Uh, you know, things are getting kind of, kind of heated. You know, if you, you know, you talk to a coach and if you're a com- good communicator on the sidelines, it, it makes your game a lot smoother as well. When you see like a, this happened to me in um, our national championship game I, I played in in college my junior year. We, I was the captain of our team and a fight was about to break out between one of our midfielders and another one of their midfielders. And this was second half. Um, game was well in our favor, but I didn't want my guy to get a red card and get tossed from the game. Does a referee withhold a ejection or a punishment when he sees a team's captain trying to uh, de-escalate the situation and get his players calmed down and get them separated? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot of that carries a lot of weight when you have your team captain trying to you know rein things in. But you know you just kind of it, it's a judgment call with the referees. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes if you've talked to a player a few times and then they're they're pushing the envelope and still pushing the envelope and they get to that borderline to where it could be, you know, you might have to make a ruling on something. Um, then you might have to do it. But I think it goes a long way when your captain kind of, Hey, let's calm down. Let's mm-hmm. get this, you know, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. I took a lot of responsibility in that regard, making sure that we were con- in control of ourselves and not mm-hmm. getting, not, not making sure like we address the referee as sir, making okay. sure that we don't talk to the referee at all, unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> 
You know, and and you, we love when players come and talk to us. I just think it's how you come to them and talk to yeah. them is, is key. You know, I, I love when, when players come and say, hey, hey, ref, you know, what did I do on that play? Oh, mm. I'd be glad to explain it to them, you know. But when they come yelling and shouting, and, yeah. you know, at you, that's, that's the I really don't, you know. Are you, you know, blind? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could even warrant a technical foul if that's, you know, that blatant. But, yeah, we, we, want, we want them to come and we want to be approachable. Okay. Um, with players and coaches and you know if they ask then a lot of times when you give them an explanation they say okay thank you that's excellent but you know yeah so when you rivalry games are a big part of sports um mm -hmm. in soccer we call them derbies but do refs change the way they officiate based on the intensity of things like rivalry games knowing that there might be a bit more physicality coming into the game or even moments like early parts of the game, as opposed to late parts of the game do our like we've talked about fouls are always fouls regardless of when they occur, but are there moments when you feel like in it, it's, it feels like I'm romanticizing it to explain it this way, but in the story of the game that's happening, are there moments mm -hmm. when you guys as refs realize like, Hey, we need to let the players decide this moment. You know, that's the kind of the, the, the thing that's always talked about at the end of games. You want to let the players decide, mm -hmm. you know, play. And again, I go back to being consistent. You know, you want to be as consistent as possible that what we called in the first minute of the game is the same thing we're going to call in the last minute of the game. So there's no question. Yeah. Um, you know, that's and that's the thing sometimes that gets referees in trouble is when you let stuff happen that you should have had whistles on early and then the game gets more fairly. Because, you know, players are smart. Oh, yeah. They'll, 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 push the envelope until you blow the whistle and they know, okay, that's, that's their limit right there. And so what you don't want to do is let it be physical, 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 physical. Yeah. And now you're trying to rein it back. And now it look like touch files when you've let it play right. this way. And the tough part consistent. and the tough part is we, we tend to know when the referees aren't looking and when mm -hmm. to get away with some mm -hmm. things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you want to be consistent throughout from the, from the tip to the to zeros of the fourth quarter. You want to make sure you're consistent the whole game. That's fantastic. So Nick, let's go into a little bit more of what are some of the biggest games you've had to officiate? What were some of the moments that you remember about some of those games? Um, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm trying to think of some good games, you know, you've had, um, you know, you got your rivalries. I tell you like the South Dakota, South Dakota state games mm. are always really good. Um, you know, um, there's just rivalry everywhere, but yeah. you know, the thing is, is you, like you said, you're on those games for a reason, yeah. Uh, because you know, like I said, you you're consistent. You're you've proven that you can handle that atmosphere. Uh, but uh, it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to have to be in those games. But you can't let the emotions get the best of the referees. You want to make sure again that you're getting in position to get plays right, and you want to make sure that from the tip to the end of the game that you are constantly. Uh, being consistent and so players know what you're going to call coaches know what you're going to call so no matter what goes on throughout the game you know when Nick Marsh is on the floor that's that's a foul or that's not a foul or you know there's no question there's no doubt left in either anybody's mind that's fantastic what what do you enjoy most about your role as an official um you know I like just meeting new people mm. um all over you get to you know I've been blessed to referee this for a while and you get to see some pretty some beautiful campuses yeah you get to meet some cool people travel to cool places i mean basketball's taking me places i probably would have never visited ever in my life right and so just just meeting people you know i when i was doing college football um you were kind of with the same eight guys every week so you build that kind of bond with that group right you know every week 
And in basketball, it's not the case. You know, you could be working with different people different nights. So I like that piece of it because you get to meet new people and see new people and see different faces all the time. So it's kind of a combination of both where uh, I get to football was, you know, you with the same guys every week, you know, pretty much. And then with basketball, you get to see different people and get to travel to cool different places. And I just it's just it's, it's a great gig. It's a, it's a great profession to have. And I'm just kind of lucky and blessed to be in it. That's awesome. Why should more people aspire to be referees? We often talk, we, we always hear so much about how this is why people don't want to be referees or this is why there are referee shortages, but why should people want to do this craft? You know, I think people should, should do it. You know, A, it's giving back because, you know, with the shortage that we're having, you know, we, you know, I read articles all the time, and especially in Kansas and Missouri, you know, they, they have to play games on Thursdays nights now because they don't have enough officials on Fridays. And, <laughs> Which is sad because Friday nights is kind of like the mecca of high school football, right. per se. Now playing on Thursdays is kind of takes away from that that that, that special Friday night lights. Right. Uh, you know, I understand you have to play Thursdays because there's some schools that share share stadiums and you kind of got to work right. that. But when it's a shortage of referees, um, it's just it's kind of sad to see. And you know, with me being a ref, it's uh, it's kind of heartbreaking to see that they don't have enough. But it, it's it's a good way to give back. Because there was a lot of people who sacrificed when, you know, you and I were playing um, to to be out there and, and do what they do and do what they love. And then, you know, not for the glory, but just for the the sport, mm-hmm. you know, we've all played it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a thing where. I think I wish more athletes who are just graduated would get into the profession mm. because they'd be, you know, especially when you just finished, you know, like for you for soccer, you know, if you got in it right after you graduated, mm-hmm. you know, the game, you played it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a great way to, to build up, you know, and you could make a career out of it. Right. That's fantastic. And, and it's how has this is probably my last question, but how has mm-hmm. you being a ref impacted the way your own daughter plays sports and interacts with referees on the court? And have you ever have you ever had to officiate your daughter's game? No, I, I've never I've never officiated. <laughs> you know, it got to a certain point where I didn't even coach her no more either. You gotcha. know, when she got into like seventh grade, I was you know I wanted her to hear a different voice and yeah. play. So she's a freshman at Johnson County Community College playing basketball now. Wonderful. So um, you know, from the things that I've told her and taught her and things of that nature. She talks to the officials in a responsible way um, and in a very, you know, uh, grown up way as far mm-hmm. as being respectful. Um, and so I get a lot of texts and calls and things saying, Hey, your daughter is awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, she'll, she'll ask, she'll ask questions throughout the game. And I say, you know, we're human. Yeah. And I think, I think by her having a dad as a referee, it, it, it made it seem like, referees are kind of cool you know we're they're not they're not bad right and so it is is giving her a chance to um see the other side of it you know kind of what we're looking for um when she's playing you know that's a foul you know she gets called on some stuff and she'll pull up a film and say dad how is this a foul and i'll explain to her this is a foul because of xyz that's really so, cool um but yeah and, and i'm even trying to push her when she's done to possibly do this as well and that may take me back to reference of AAU games with her, but you know, which I may dread, but you know, it'd be fun to be out there with my daughter and blowing the whistle. So. Yeah, that would be cool. Nick, I just, I'm so grateful for your time. 
thank you so much for stepping thank on you, man. here with Hopefully us. Hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, yeah I would love to when, like, I'd love to really pick your brain when those really controversial moments come up in the college basketball mm -hmm. season or even the NBA season and just really pick your brain and teach us about what we need to be looking for, what the refs are looking for, and why things like that happen the way they do. And I know it'll make us better sports fans when we get your brain in on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick, thank you so much. We'll set up another time with you. And um, God bless, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, Ross. Likewise. You take care, brother. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh -huh. Bye. Well, thank you so much to Nick Marshall for joining us today. Um, I hope you guys were very much blessed by that conversation and became better sports fans through all of that. And with everything that he said today, I hope you guys take what you've learned into your city and change your city for the kingdom. I'm Ross Harris. Thanks for listening. Peace.